Chapter 18 of Grace Harlowe's Sophomore Year at High School. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Christine Blashford. Grace Harlowe's Sophomore Year at High School by Jessie Graham Flower. Chapter 18. At the Eleventh Hour. One more excitement was to quicken the pulses of the sophomores before they settled down to that long last period of study between Easter holidays and vacation. The great decisive basketball game with the juniors was now to take place. Grace, in conclave with her team, had gone over her instructions for the hundredth time. They had discussed the strong points of the juniors and what were their own weak ones. Miriam Nesbitt was sullen at these meetings, but in the practice game she had played with her usual agility and skill, so the girls felt that she was far too valuable a member of the team for them to mind her humours. "'Everybody is coming tomorrow to see us play,' exclaimed Nora in the locker room at the recess on Friday. "'I don't believe the President's visit would create more excitement, really,' she added with a touch of pride." "'Did you know,' interposed Anne, "'that the upper-class girls are calling Grace and Julia Crosby, David and Jonathan?' This was also an amusing piece of news at which the other girls laughed joyously. In fact, there was no such feeling of depression before this game as had affected the class when the first game was played. The sophomores were cheerful and confident, awaiting the great battle with courage in their hearts. "'Be here early, girls,' cautioned Grace as they parted after school that day. "'Perhaps we may get in a little practice before the people begin to come.' Grace hurried through her own dinner as fast as she could on the eventful Sunday. "'I shall be glad when this final game is over, child,' exclaimed Mrs. Harlow anxiously. "'I really think you have had more athletics this winter than has been good for you, what with your walking and skating, dancing, and now basketball.' "'You'll come, won't you, mother?' cried Grace, seizing her hat and rushing off without listening to Mrs. Harlow's comments. "'We are sure to win,' she called as she waved her a goodbye kiss." There was no one in the school building when Grace got back, that is, no one except the old janitress, who was sweeping down the corridor as usual. The other girls had not been so expeditious, and Grace found the locker room deserted. With trembling eagerness, she was slipping on her gymnasium suit and rubber-soled shoes when she suddenly remembered that she had left her tie in the geometry classroom. She had bought a new one the day before, placed it in the back of her geometry, and walked out of the classroom, leaving book, tie, and all behind. "'I'll run up and get it right away before the others come,' she said to herself. Running nimbly up the broad stairway, she entered the deserted classroom and hurried down the aisle to the end of the room, where she usually sat during recitation. "'Here it is,' she murmured, taking it out of the book and tying it on. Then, sitting down at the desk, she rested her chin in her hands. The quiet of the place was soothing to her excited nerves, and since it was so early, she would rest there for a moment and think. Grace might have dreamed away five minutes when she heard the distant sound of voices below. "'Dear me!' she exclaimed, laughing. "'They'll scold me for not being on time. I must hurry.' So she hastened up the aisle to the door, which was shut, although she had not remembered closing it after her. She turned the knob, still smiling to herself, but the door stuck fast. It was locked! Grace was so stunned that for a moment she hardly comprehended what had happened. She sat down and tried to collect her thoughts, locked up in an upper classroom on the afternoon of the great game— she tried the one other door in the room. It also was locked. As for the great windows, they were too large for her to push up without a pole. I'll try calling, she said. They may hear me. But her calls were fruitless, and beating and knocking on the door panels seemed nothing but muffled sounds in the stillness. Oh, oh, she cried, rushing wildly from doors to windows and back again. What shall I do? What shall I do? In the meantime, it was growing late. The sophomores had assembled and were confidently waiting for their captain. "'She's late for the first time,' observed one of the girls, "'but we'll forgive her under the circumstances.' "'Maybe she's in the gymnasium,' suggested Anne, "'hurrying off to look for her friend. "'In spite of herself, she felt some misgivings, "'and she meant to lose no time in finding her beloved Grace. 
the gallery was already half full of people and moved about looking for david or someone who could help her just then mrs harlow appeared at the door where is grace mrs harlow anne demanded eagerly i don't know dear answered mrs harlow she ate her dinner and went off in such a hurry that i hardly had time to speak to her she told me she wanted to get back to meet the girls anne ran back to the locker room grace left home hours ago she cried i just felt that something had happened jessica opened grace's locker grace must be in the building she exclaimed here are her clothes the girls began to rush about wildly looking for their captain in the various rooms on the basement floor in a few moments a junior came to the door the game will be called in ten minutes she said are you ready yes answered nora calmly be careful she whispered don't let them know yet anne ran again to the gymnasium i'll get david this time she said to herself something will have to be done if grace is to be found in time david was sitting at one side of the gallery with reddy and hippy he looked very grave when anne whispered the news to him the place was packed with impatient spectators the junior team was already standing on the floor talking in low voices as they waited impatiently for their opponents to appear at the opposite end she must be somewhere in the building david ejaculated that is if she has on her gymnasium suit have you looked upstairs yet no replied anne but we have been all through the downstairs rooms as they ran up the steps they heard the shrill whistle that summoned the players to their positions come on cried nora miriam you will have to take grace's place and eva allen will substitute for you it still lacked a few moments of the toss-up the whistle having been blown sooner to hurry the dilatory sophomores who seemed determined to linger unaccountably in the little side-room but in that brief time a remarkable change had taken place in the demeanour of miriam nesbit two brilliant spots burned on her cheeks and her black eyes flashed and glowed with happiness the other girls were too downcast and wretched to notice the transformation they walked slowly into the gymnasium and stood ill at ease and downcast at their end of the hall a wave of gossip had spread quickly over the audience that sat waiting with breathless interest for the appearance of the tardy sophomore what had happened had there been an accident no it was all a mistake there they were and tremendous applause burst forth which died down almost as soon as it had begun where was grace harlowe the daring captain of the sophomore team who had boasted that her team would win the game if it took their last breath to do it there was a great craning of necks as the spectators looked in vain for the missing grace hippy dropped his chin upon his breast disconsolately i feel limp as a rag he groaned where oh where is our gallant captain i'll never believe grace deserted her post in the meantime poor grace locked in the upper classroom had concentrated all her thoughts and mental energies on a means of making her escape in time she sat down quietly and folding her hands began to consider the situation in looking back long afterwards upon this tragic hour it seemed to her that it was the blackest moment of her life the walls were thick the doors heavy and massive the ceilings high there was no possibility of her cries being heard below it is true she might break a window but what good would that do she couldn't jump down three stories into a stone court below she went to the window and looked out if i hung by this window-sill grace said aloud i believe my feet would just reach the cornice of the second-story window seizing a heavy ruler from one of the desks she ran to the window and deliberately smashed out all the plate glass in the lower sash then hoisting herself on to the sill she looked down from what seemed to be rather a dizzy height but nerve and determination will accomplish anything and grace turned her eyes upward i shall do it she kept saying to herself over and over clinging to the window-sill she gradually let herself down until her feet touched the top of the cornice underneath then steadying herself she looked down the cornice ledge was quite broad broad enough to kneel on in fact she was glad of this for she had intended to kneel on it whatever its width with infinite caution she gradually slipped along the ledge until she was kneeling 
resting her elbows on the stone shelf she lowered herself to the next window sill there she stood for a moment looking in at the empty classroom the door into the corridor stood open and as she clung to the narrow ledge her face pressed against the window she wondered how she was going to get in unless i butt my head against this plate glass she exclaimed i really don't think i can make it i can't kick in the glass for fear of losing my balance suddenly she heard her name called grace grace where are you first it was david's voice and then anne's and then the two together echoing through the empty corridors and classrooms i'm here she answered help help fortunately they were passing the door at that instant and heard her muffled cries here she cried again and they saw her at last clinging desperately to the window ledge i don't dare open the window exclaimed david thinking aloud the slightest jar might make her lose her balance grace he cried i'll have to break out the upper sash lower your head as much as possible and close your eyes another instant and grace was crouching in a shower of broken glass which fell harmlessly on her back and the top of her head david knocked off the jagged pieces at the lower end and grace climbed nimbly over the sash there's no time for explanations now she cried i was mysteriously locked in has the game been called david looked hurriedly at his watch you have just a minute and a half he exclaimed and the three ran madly down the steps and into the gymnasium just as the whistle blew and the girls took their places when grace covered with dust a long red scratch across one cheek rushed into the gymnasium wild applause shook the walls of the building for the honour of the sophomore class was saved End of chapter eighteen